Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. Welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I'm Joe, and with me today, as always, are Doug and Eric. And what's up, guys? What's, what's going up, boys and girls? Uh, it's going to be a fun one tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty fucking excited. I oh, know I you're excited. You? I mean, you have to be excited, because this is such a love letter to one of your favorite things. It, it really is. Um, I don't want to jump into the movie yet. Let's, 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 let's go around. What's new with you guys? What's going on? I gotta think a minute. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. When you got so much going on, like it's hard. I'm in the same boat. Um, what's new? I mean, it's it's been a shitty like week or two with like my nine to five job. I'll be completely honest with you. I've been burnt out. I've been traveling all over the country. I've um, been everywhere, man. Ugh, I'm so over it, man. Hey, if anybody listening to this wants to just like pay me to to doodle. <laughs> I'm, I'm open to it. Art of Eric Rabone? Yeah, because man, oh man. But uh, not to bitch and moan too much. It, it's There's been good stuff on the site going on. Lots of shows, lots of conventions. I was going to be at one today. If you're listening to this, uh, we're recording on uh, Independence Day. Yeah. And, uh, but we're not doing the movie Independence Day. That only confuse people. Well, yeah. <laughs> if we're too... Yeah. By the way, why is that not on the list? That's uh next year. Next yeah. year that'll be on the list for next Fourth of July. Yeah, we'll release it. Th- well, around. Yes, the day. it'll. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. But uh, yeah, I was going to be at a show today. Got canceled. Uh, I guess the promoter putting it together like scammed all of these towns out of uh, their money. Firefest. Yeah, it was like their little podunk firefest. And wow. all, all the fireworks, they were relying on this promoter to provide the fireworks and all the stuff, uh, all canceled. So all the townies are pissed because they're, oh. they're not getting a show. It's probably because Disney just brought fireworks back and bought every firework within like a 2,000 mile radius. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, keeping busy with uh, real life and fun life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Speaking yeah. of uh, a Disney, by the time this episode actually comes out, me and Doug and Eric will have done our Disney trip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my what new. It's just been a, a shit ton of vacation planning. I, you know. Yeah. The recording of this is about a month out from my trip to visit the boys down in Florida. Very excited about that. 
And then uh, we just, my wife and I just booked Vegas for September. Got that, that all locked up. So, yeah, it's been just a lot of vacation planning. And I got a new washing machine, which is great when you have to go to the friggin' laundromat for a few weeks because the washing machine broke. And then <laughs> you get a new one. It's fucking great. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a sad thing to get excited about, but it is exciting. <laughs> no, no, no. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting. I'm not going to you know? lie. So, yeah, got that on Friday. So that was cool. <laughs> yeah, we got a, a hurricane coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Right. We do. Fuck. Not prepared old, at all. Old uh, Frozen Elsa. Yeah, right? She's turning the tables. She's going yeah. warm. Hopefully she hangs out over the mountains in Cuba for a little bit and breaks up. Yeah. That would be good, man. I, you guys don't need that shit right now. Nah. It's you been know. raining every fucking day for like a month. Wow. Yeah. Well, get it out of the Florida system now so when I'm down there, it's nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm like done. I have like guitar pedals I need to get done, but I can't paint because it's raining every oh, fucking day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I know about that, man. And even then, like when it doesn't rain, I have to like wait for the humidity to clear up before I can paint or else I'll just put bubbles in the yep. paint. That's why I stopped painting. It's just too much of a hassle. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, Look, uh, you, it's, it's you, tough. You, be, you better hope it rains when you come down here because you're going to be... You're an atheist, too. You're going to be praying <laughs> to any god, any god that will listen for just a little bit of water. Yeah. It is hot as fuck, man. Yeah. So, so j- just a teaser for what we got going up for you, Doug. Um, yeah. uh, well, we're going to go. To, I'm assuming we have to be at Hollywood Studios to ask Crack of Dawn because yep, that's how that that's works. Fine. Uh, but he did get us to Ogus Cantina, which should be like fucking awesome. I was looking that up, man. I can't wait for that. Yeah, oh, so uh, Joey Mazzon. I don't know. Does he have any uh, a business we can promote, Eric? I know he's going to come on the show eventually, but yeah, give give me uh, give me fifteen seconds. Of, okay. Yeah. So I'll find it. so we're going to this place, the Cantina, which nobody can get into. Like even my like sister, who's a pain in my ass, like and goes to Disney <laughs> all the time. She's never been there, so she was jealous when I told her yesterday. Wow, oh, I'm uh, so psyched, man. I, yeah, I was looking it um, up. I'm like, this is going to be fucking great. Of course, we'll do Rise of the Resistance. Oh my yeah. god, that that ride is worth the price of admission alone. Um, at the Joey Mazant, M A Z Z A N T, on his uh, YouTube social media, he's got all kinds of content to check out. Nice. What does he yeah. focus? He focuses on like resort a, stuff in Florida and stuff. Yeah, like, he's a, a big yeah. theme park guy, so a lot of Universal okay. Disney. Uh, he knows all the all the inside secrets. Right. That's that's freaking awesome, man. So that's handy wait. for anybody visiting Orlando, man. Get on that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna be doing that. We'll do some Smuggler's Run. We'll of course, you know, uh, check out some of the other Hollywood studios. So we're gonna watch the Indiana Jones stunt show if they're still uh, doing it. I oh, hope I they hope are, so. man. I I saw that and I loved it so much. I can't wait to see it again. Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah. Well, we'll see about the roller coaster part. Your your heart won't <laughs> let you do it. No, it's the over the shoulder thing. Like the if what? the harness is over the shoulder, I can't do it because I have my. Uh, I'm pretty my sure Rock and Roller thingy. Coaster is a uh, lap bar that comes well, down. Well, I'm good. I'm good because it go, looks man. like an old '60s Cadillac. And then oh yeah, no. So then I'm good to go, man. Yep. Can't yeah. Wait. Um, then Slinky Dog, but I don't know if Slinky Dog Coaster is over the shoulder or not. I can't yeah. remember that one. We'll see, I'm, we'll work it out. It'll be good. I got some um, bad news, boys. What's yeah? that? Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular is temporarily unavailable. Maybe it'll be available though in a month. I hope so. It fucking better yeah. be. Yeah, know, right. Um, and then after after a midday at Hollywood Studios, we're gonna park hop over to Epcot. Which some good news: starting July fifteenth, the Food and Wine Festival has been enacted, so we will get to experience Food and Wine Festival. Oh, nice! Um, which means we can walk around the countries and eat all the food. We're gonna go in the International Gateway entrance to Epcot too, which is the back of the park. Epcot okay. has two entrances: it has a front right. entrance and a back entrance. Uh, since we're coming from Hollywood Studios, we'll take the Skyliner over to Epcot. Nice. Um, then, so we'll we'll do the countries. We'll also go up to the front, so you can get some of the front experience. Have you been to any of these before? Yeah, I've been I've been to all the parks. It's just been a bit. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll do all the cool shit. We'll we'll hit all the cool yeah. shit, but we'll definitely be eating and drinking there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I only I only had put it this way. I only had one kid when. I was at Disney last. Oh and wow! That kid was a year old at the time. So, so yeah, 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 you got some catching up to do. Time. It's um, been a long time for me. The the plan for our Sunday, we'll probably sleep a little bit in the morning, making it catching up from oh, Saturday. That's fine. Uh, then go up to Hollerbox with Eric in Sanford and have some amazing German food. Yeah. Uh, then we will probably just tour some resorts. Go to Animal Kingdom Lodge, like maybe like Contemporary. 
We got dinner at Fort Wilderness Lodge at the Whispering Canyon Cafe, which is all you can eat. Or, as Disney calls it, all you care to eat. <laughs> they don't nice. know me. It'll be like, it's a, it's like, a, they have different, different. Uh, you pick different menu items. There's one that's like surf and turf, one's like straight barbecue. Um, and then they Shit. they bring these big platters out and you can just tell them, I want more of this, I want more of this. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it to be fucking great. Uh, and then Monday we'll sleep until we have to check out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, exactly. I we got to find I, something to do until like, like one o'clock. o'clock. Yeah, right. Yeah. I got a two o'clock flight, so twelve thirty. So we got to get over to the airport. But yeah, we'll figure it out. That's yeah, cool. we got we got plenty of time to get everything. I got to drive you through the hood and play rap music too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, that's what I'm looking most forward to. <laughs> yeah. Take him down. O- take him down. Obt. Yeah. Show him the yeah. real Florida man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The the behind the scenes that nobody sees. Take him over to Curry Ford. Oof. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, because I do have to go down South Semarin to get him to uh to the airport. I used to live off Semarin. Did you know that, Eric? I did not. I did not. I, I used to live right off Semarin and just south of Curry Ford. Okay, I'm familiar. That's how I knew the knew the area. Um. Yeah, I don't remember what the, the uh, road it was, but it was in that area. It was it was interesting. So you get you're you could say that you're gonna go on I don't know some sort of quest with Doug. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. see a, uh, you know, a new galaxy. Yeah. Of uh, prostitutes and citrus <laughs> stands with no goddamn oranges in them. Oh god, <laughs> the best. Nice. Oh god. Uh, anyways, so our movie today is the 1999 DreamWorks picture Galaxy Quest. 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 <laughs> um. This movie was originally slated to be directed by Harold Ramis, but yeah, uh, yeah. he decided after they couldn't get Kevin Klein to back out of the movie because he didn't want to work with Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I that's don't blame true. Him. I, I that's fucking, true. As much as I love some Tim Allen movies, I cannot stand him as a, I don't know, a person. Ah, he's kind of, he's also kind of one-dimensional, but yeah, whatever. Well, there's there's some, stuff, yeah. some jokes. I'll, t- I'll tell you one of them later, but let's just say when this movie was going on, the entire time, all he was doing was making dick and fart jokes and trying to, like, fuck up everybody <laughs> while oh, they geez. were acting. <clears throat> and there was a real actor in this movie who didn't take too kindly to it. <laughs> That's um, some life-imitating art stuff right there, man. Exactly. So, the movie ended up getting directed by Dean Parasot. Parasot? Parasot? I don't oh, know. yeah, that guy. But he's yeah. cool. He, he did a great job with it. Um, I don't think this movie... You know, I think this movie's perfect how it is. Like, like there's not much you can change. Um, there is a, a companion documentary that goes with this movie called Never Surrender. Um, and it's fantastic. It gives you a lot of behind the scenes uh, with the crew, the cast, everybody. Uh, and they, they tell a lot of cool, like, stories and trivia, which I'm going to steal from and tell you guys on this show. But, uh... It's really interesting how this movie got made. Um, like, originally it was going to be a higher uh, dark rating where there was going to be a lot more vulgarity and bad language and all kinds of other things they decided not to do because this was going to be the... They actually were trying to get it down to G, believe it or not. Wow. And this movie was marketed like as a movie for like eight-year-olds, which is insane when you think about how, how good this is for an adult movie. Um there is a uh, a lot of cool things that went on behind the scenes between the uh, the casting and the actors themselves. Uh, they actually originally fought quite a bit because um, some of the producers wanted to cut out the entire Justin Long arc of the movie. Really, and like that's kind of one of the things that makes this movie this movie because it's it's what connects the fan and brings the fan in because you know yes. you're that that kid who wants that like. The yeah. people that are in these conventions. And when this movie was made, like, it wasn't cool to be a fucking Star Trek nerd like it is today. Wait, wait, wait. It's cool today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to fucking Galaxy's Edge, which is Star Wars, which is basically the equivalent of Star Trek if you like just sellouts. Oh. Oh, man. You saw that? I, I gave him a jab, and he went for the uppercut. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, we got a great cast. This movie, uh, I, I just I like, I don't know. I just love everybody in this movie. I love them in their role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they all play their roles just right. Yep. Um, I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of say some of the people who are playing the characters as they come into the movie. Mm-hmm. That way, I don't get too far ahead of myself and 
I say the whole thing away. Also, I have a, uh, a stuffy nose, so I may uh, be doing this Ooh. quite a bit. Ooh, that sounds nice and stereo. Yeah, that was juicy. Oh, I hope you all like that. Um, so, without further ado, I'm going to uh, let you guys hear how this movie starts. I don't like it. It was too easy. Wait! Oh no! They're everywhere! They're attacking us opening everywhere! Trap! We're surrounded, Commander! It's a core meltdown, sir. It can't be stopped. Surrender may be our only option. No! Never give up! Never surrender! You order, sir? The Omega 13. Alright, so just to start off, the basis of this movie is there was a group of actors who were on this Star Trek esque uh, TV show back in the day, and they are now living the post TV show life of con, like cons, like conventions and shit, just signing autographs and like trying to coast in on that little bit of stardom they had. Oh, God. <laughs> but apparently they're big enough to have their own convention. <laughs> that yeah, last scene of them. <laughs> for like a week. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, one of the cool like bits of trivia about this movie, um, they fought for this like hard, was to get this movie filmed in anamorphic. So that way they could actually do three separate resizes of the screen. Um, when you watch the the intro part that we just played, it's in an original letterbox format, like a square TV, like old school format. And as it goes from that ending, we we see that this is actually being played at a convention on a large screen. And as the screen opens up, the actual movie itself also resizes the shape to the, to be a bigger screen. I don't know if you guys yeah. caught that or not. No, I did. I did catch that. Um... But there's another one that happens again in the movie. It actually goes to full, true widescreen later in the movie, too. See, that's yeah, like, the one I, I missed. I caught like this 20 one. 20 minutes in. And oh, um, it was funny, because if you watch the Never Surrender documentary, they make jokes about it, because when they sent this movie out to the movie theaters originally, they didn't send the note to do that, so they, this, when the screen would open up, it would be uh, playing on the side on the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to include, like, notes with it to the projector guy to, like, hey, when this happens, you got to open the curtains also. I love it. Um, so we open now on this, this Galaxy Quest uh, uh, episode, which starts playing, and it goes through the characters and their original. Um, we noticed that... Uh, there's um, Laredo, Lieutenant Laredo. He's a little kid at this point in time flying the ship. Um, uh, Dr. Lazarus, is uh, dr he's dropping the whole buy grab Thar's hammer line. Uh, we have Lieutenant Tawny, and if you watch now, she's still repeating the computer. <laughs> and um, they're in a scenario where they're surrounded. They get fired on, and then Tech Sergeant Chen says, The core will melt down and can't be stopped. Dr. Lazarus, of course, says they need to surrender, but that brings up Commander Taggart's line, we never give up, never surrender. Um, Laredo asks what he wants them to do, and he says to activate the Omega-13, and then we get a to-be-continued on the screen. Um, we zoom out of the actual like film, like I said, onto the, the, the stage, and we have, um, it's like a Galaxy Quest convention, and we have this guy whose name happens to be Guy, played by Sam Rockwell, um, and he's on stage trying to hype up an audience, which they're already pretty hype. But, you know, 
he's doing his best, like, you know, his best, like, uh, radio announcer sales pitch voice there. So now, um, now go back to the cast. Your Laredo, that's supposed to be like your uh, Will Wheaton, right? Uh, no, well, it's weird because he's well, kind of like a Will Wheaton, but he's playing yeah. the Jordy LaForge role. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know. Because Wheaton I, I wasn't mean, actually a crew member. Like, you know, a kid who, you know, was young on the show, but he's still involved with yeah. all the fandom and stuff. Right. Yeah, right. But, but as far as his character on the actual show, he's playing the LaForge role from. Uh, from TNG because he's the the pilot. He's the pilot, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I like Tech Sergeant Chen, uh, who's played by Tony Shalhoub. Um, he he uh, reminds me a lot of Data because he's very like cold and like you know by the numbers. He just seems high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, they, I think I think Guy actually asked him that one of the part of the movie was, "Are you stoned?" <laughs> yeah, I mean he is. He just acts high. It's kind of funny. Um, Commander Tigert, who's played by uh, uh, Tim Allen, he. Well, I'm gonna go to all the real names because it was weird. It was one of those movies where we have like their actor names, then their real name, then their show and names, their character name, yeah. Um, but he he kind of reminds me of like a Captain Kirk type captain. Um, yeah, he's definitely playing it like that. There's no question. Uh, Doctor Lazarus, who is Alan Rickman's character. Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, he has, like, the prosthetics, so that kind of reminds me of, like, a Klingon. But he doesn't talk or act like what they would talk like in the show. I don't really know. He's, so like, he's... Your, your kind of Spockish archetype, maybe. Yeah, you know? I can kind of see that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think they wanted to keep his character like that because, you know, Alexander Dane, so the actor's name yeah. in the in the movie is a, is a trained, you know, Shakespearean British actor and, you know... It frust- everything just frustrating. Of, yeah, they wanted to give him that erudite, you know, uh, attitude with his with his character within the character, you know. Yeah. So. And then we have Tawny, who's uh, Sigourney Weaver, and um, she's just your typical Star Trek woman in the show. <laughs> like, the, back in the day, Star Trek women didn't get much to do, so they kind of no. they kind of play on that joke. Oh yeah, her her comment about the TV Guide interview of six paragraphs yeah, yeah. of how fit my fit my boobs into the uniform. So um, so guy, he's kind of the red shirt. He's the guy who's gonna die. Like instantly doesn't even have a last yes. name. He's on stage hyping the crew, but you can tell that he wants to be part of the crew, even though he was only in one episode. Oh um, yeah. He tells that the audience they're the first ones to ever see this Lost Galaxy Quest episode ninety two. It's a two parter, and it originally aired in nineteen eighty two. Um. He says he's going to introduce the crew of the NSEA, which is the National Space Exploration Mission Association. Association, yes. the, the crew of the Protector, which is the name of the ship. Um, I like how also in this they've done they've done everything they can not to use Star Trek terms. <laughs> yeah, but the 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 number on the Protector is the NTE, not the Enterprise, not the Enterprise. It's called thirty one twenty. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they jump. We we get like thrown backstage, camera wise, and we see Alad, a- Alexander Dane, played by Alan Rickman, who's also Doctor Lazarus. Um, he's looking kind of just hopeless, playing with like a makeup brush. Um, Fred Kwan, who's Tony Shalhoub, uh, also Tech Sergeant Chen. I'm pretty much going to refer to them as their Alexander, Fred, and you know Nesmith. All those names. I'm not going to really call their character names too much, so yeah. it doesn't get too confusing. Um, but he's just sitting there doing a crossword puzzle. Um, Tommy Weber, who's played by Daryl Chill Mitchell, he and you know in the TV show originally he was a little kid, but now he's a full grown ass man. Uh, yeah. He crumbles up a newspaper and asks where Nesmith is, saying he's an hour and a half late. Uh, Gwen DeMarco, who's Sigourney Weaver, thinks the uh, people out there are going to start eating each other soon if we don't get going. Uh, Tommy says he's booked another appearance without them. She goes, "You're kidding me!" <laughs> like she doesn't believe that. Like of course you believe that. Um, a stagehand looks at Guy and tells him to kind of stretch it out a little bit because, um, you know, Nesmith's not there and he's kind of like the one everybody wants to see. Um, Alexander asks, how how he, how did he come to this? Like, how did he get this kind of thing? I know. Um, uh, Tommy, like, looks frustrated, like, oh, here we go again. Like, I, <laughs> we've done this so many fucking times. And then Dane starts going on his list. I've played Richard III. Um, then Fred goes, five curtain calls. <laughs> 
<laughs> I fucking love it. It's like they know what he's going to say. They've yeah, all they heard like, it before. Yeah. Uh, and then Alan goes, five curtain calls. He was an actor once, and he won't say that stupid line anymore. <laughs> He'll never say that line again. Um, Gwen like then goes on to do the, like what Doug was talking about earlier, says, well, at least people loved you. Like in her TV Guide interview, it was six paragraphs about her boobs and how they fit in her suit. Yeah. And ap- Which, apparently that's... Oh, go ahead, Joe. You, you must know this. Oh, no, you go ahead and say it. I think we're going to oh, say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's based on an actual incident that Jerry Ryan had to deal with. Oh, no. I was going to say something completely different then. Oh, so, okay. On, yeah, Jerry yes, Ryan apparently had an interview that focused on how she accomplished the same thing. Yeah. So it's based on real life. Because she had that crazy bodysuit they made her wear all the time. Yes, exactly. Um, but also, that's a prosthetic chest that Sigourney Weaver's wearing. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Um, for the movie, they they put a prosthetic chest on her to like really accentuate the uh, the boobage. Oh, okay. So if you got your hearing, you hear the disappointment in my voice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was the same way. I was like, oh, that was real. Yeah, you did oh. sound super bummed out. Like, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was like the balloon popped. Oh. Uh, literally. All right. Go ahead. Move on. <laughs> um, no one ever bothered to ask her what she did on the show. And Fred likes looking at her, like trying to remember what she did. <laughs> she know. goes, I repeated the computer, Fred. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, Nesmith, played by Tim Allen, shows up. Um, and just walks in this like shit eating grin. He's like, your commander is on deck. Um, then like everyone's ignoring him. So he's like, well, the smog was thick. Um, and then he asked about if, if Alexander had his panic attack yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alexander gets kind of pissed off and Nazemith goes, well, apparently not. You should get that looked at. <laughs> he's such a dick. I fucking yeah, love he him. Is. He is. Um, so everyone's still ignoring him. He's like, you know, he was like, come on, well, guys, what did I do? And you can hear the audience in the background, like, we want the crew, we want the crew, over and over again. Uh, guys out there on the stage, he's, like, playing, like, clips. And it's, like, a clip of, like, Alexander and, like, Nesmith being best friends. Which is pretty fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, like, he's like these guys weren't just a crew, they were actually friends. <laughs> Simultaneously, they're backstage fighting with each other. Uh, Tommy tells him how he's full of it. Um Nesmith, Nesmith tries to like say like you guys didn't want to be there anyways. It was just someone's basement <laughs> with a set in it. Um. Uh. He, oh, he says they only wanted him as the commander. Uh, Alexander like has a trench coat on. Is trying to sneak out the back door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can love this. He's got it over his prosthetic. Yeah. yeah. So like you can't see him getting out. Um. At this point, guy gets the thumbs up to start announcing the crew. Um, Nesmith and Alexander are at the back door arguing with like uh, Gwen outside. Um, we we hear the announcement go. Um, blah, I lost my place here. Oh, Tawny Madison, Gwen DeMarco, and she like busts through and runs out on stage. Uh, it's kind of weird because you start hearing like whistling and cat calls too. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yep. Um, next person he calls out is Laredo, Tommy Weber. Um, and we keep jumping back and forth between him announcing the people and them going on stage and, and Nesmith and Alexander fighting. Um, Nesmith, Nesmith saying, you're going to go out there. And he goes, he won't go out there. And nothing you say can make him do it. And, of course, Nesmith says, well, the show must go on. <laughs> and somehow this, like, triggers in him, like, a, a response where he has to do it. And he's like, damn you. Yep. That's his, his classical training. Yep. You know? But he won't say that line, though. Don't worry, he will not say that line. <laughs> not one more time. Then uh, Guy calls out, Dr. Lazarus Alexander Dane. He runs out, and on the screen behind him in giant, loud voices is, By Grabthar's hammer, you shall be <laughs> avenged. Which I, cause, and he just looks miserable. He's just like, fuck my life. <laughs> um, somewhere in that, um, they must have called out Fred Kwan. Um, because he was standing on stage there, but I didn't hear him call his name. I was paying attention yeah. to see like when they called him. Then uh, I like how I like how guy announces uh, the cap the commander. He's like, which they don't even call him captain. Like that's another thing they call him commander, which keeps throwing me off because um, of the whole like Star Trek non confusion thing. He goes, uh, the commander of the NEC NSEA protector, Peter, 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 Quincy, Quincy, <laughs> Quincy, 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 Tiger, 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 Tiger. Uh, Jason Nesmith. Then the crowd goes fucking nuts, and he comes out to like a standing ovation, kind of plays it up for the crowd, and he perfectly syncs up with his video saying "Never give up." And then holds the mic out to the crowd like he's a rock star, and they all yell. 
Never surrender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, um, this crowd, you know, this is like an early attempt at showing like what nerds at conventions look like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you can tell, I mean, it's a lot of extras. Some of these cats are just not into it. <laughs> it's kind of no, funny. Oh, I know. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, yeah, the I, actors I were up in the it. front. <laughs> you could tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so as he's trying to talk, his mic gets cut off, like, and a voice comes over the crowd saying um, they'll be signing autographs on Imperial decks C and B near the Coke machines, which Coke must have, like, done some product placement in this movie, but they tried to do it kind of, like, not in your face because there's a couple of Coke references. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Nesmith looks irritated, as does the entire crew. Um, <laughs> now we zoom over to like the stereotypical table setup where they're like signing autographs. Um, we see Guy pushing through the crowd, saying that there's a crew member coming through. Um, <laughs> he sets a briefcase on the table that has he brought his own fucking like photos in. <laughs> uh, and then he looks at me and goes, "Fans, right? <laughs> like, like they fucking know who he is." Uh, Tommy thanks him for the intro, but can't remember what his name is. Um, he says, my name's Guy. And he says he doesn't remember him because of his sunglasses. Right, yeah. He pulls, yeah it must be the sunglasses. <laughs> it must be the sunglasses. <laughs> um, tells him he was on the show in episode 82, which was in 81. Um, he says he was killed by a lava monster before the first commercial. <laughs> and then he does this, like, R. Yeah, he face. reenacts the death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, asks to sit in if he could sign some autographs, which he brought with him. Uh, then we zoom over to Alexander signing autographs, and you see the first fan comes up, and and he does the whole "By Grabthar's hammer, by the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you." Um, and I looked at the actor's name; his name's Bill Chop, but he kind of looks like Jonah Hill. I don't know why. Oh, I gotta look at him. The entire time I'm looking at, uh, well, he looks like Jonah Hill in this scene. Like if you look at other places, he doesn't. But like in this scene with the prosthetic on and stuff, I just I was oh. like, yeah. yeah. He's one of the guys I was going to point out because he he and there's also one of the uh, the aliens that are, are both in the movie The Ringer. They play part of the. the oh, he's nice. one of the athletes in the in The Ringer. This guy Bill Chott. I had to look up his name because I'm like this guy looks like Jonah Hill, and it was driving me insane. Yeah, yeah, um, I can definitely see it. So Alexander snatches the picture out of his hand and signs it. The next fan comes up and starts to say, by Grabthar's hammer, and he snatches the pitch, picture cutting him off before he gets a chance and just says, next! <laughs> uh, Nesmith, on the other hand, is not as miserable. He's over like with the whole like uh, group of fans that are just super invested in him telling stories of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, he's, he's holding court, He's man. in his element, exactly. Yeah, and a little boy asks him, well, what did you, how did you know what to do? And he goes, <laughs> a crew are, without his crew, he isn't a commander. Um, which is kind of like a, you know, a nice thing to say, you know, ah, he's covering his ass though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, at that point anyway, he, and he believes goes, that we, later, but we all know yeah. what happened to that beast on Enoch seven and they all start <laughs> laughing. <laughs> uh, the rest of the crew looks on and Gwen's kind of getting like, like looking at him like, Oh, she's like, you know, the, the, the people really do love him. Um, and then Tommy's like, yeah, but not as much as he loves himself. <laughs> I love how they shit all over each other too. This movie. Especially over him. Um, a really, really excitable young fan that we come up, we come to find later. His name is Brandon, played by a young fucking Justin Long. Uh, yeah, run- it's his first role. Yeah. That was his first role. So he runs up to uh, to um, Nesmith with like his group of nerd friends. And he's like, like, excuse me, Commander, can you settle dispute? <laughs> and um, <laughs> at the same time, Nesmith kind of catches that Gwen was over looking at him kind of lovingly and gets distracted. Um, I mean, she wasn't really looking lovingly. She was just kind of like, you know, about how the fans love him thing. Right. Um, so in the middle of Justin Long just rambling on about a question, he uh, he excuses himself and walks over to the other crew table. And I love the line that uh, Justin Long uses. I, I hadn't even gotten to the relevant conundrum yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking great. Um, there's some, there's a girl who's asking Gwen about her and the commander having a thing that she kind of thought they had a thing. Um, Gwen says no, but let Nesmith leans over and says, well, that's her story. Right. Uh, you see a stagehand walk up to, uh, to Gwen and tell her something and she excuses herself. Um, 
Nesmith goes off to follow her. Um, and as he as she walks off stage, she passes what looks like a uh, eager group of cosplayers. Very we, eager. Yeah, <laughs> very eager. We come to find out later that they're going to be a big, important part of this movie. But the uh, the leader of them, Mathazar, who's played by Enrico Colentoni, which I love him. He's a great fucking actor. Yeah, he is. What was was it? Person Talk of Radio? Interest was the other show I used to watch all the time with him in it too. Um, yeah, see, his the first time I ever saw him, it was called Just Shoot Me. That's what. Oh, the that's was right. Called. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I ever saw him, but that was early. That was a long time ago, so I don't know if you guys watched that one. But I've seen that. See him, but but this performance makes a movie for me. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> like was, oh yeah, yeah, I was absolutely. laughing out loud every time this cat delivered a line. Well, they were saying is um, when he came into interview for or not interview uh, audition for this role, um, like he had done it in this like other kind of voice, like it was like a regular alien type voice, and they were like, "Well, I don't know, it's just not really like what we're looking for." They're like, "What would you do with this? Like, if you had it?" And he, he started talking about because I was watching this in the Never Surrender thing. He starts talking about how this like exercise he would do like a vocal warm up exercise, and he started doing that. And they're like, "That's fucking it. That's it. You got this role. Do it just like that." And that's how he came. It was like it's like a warm up exercise he uses to like hit all of his different vocal parts in his body. That is so weird. Yeah, that's it's how a, he. It's amazing. I mean, yeah, just that the cadence and like the delivery. It's so fucking. I'm like it's, oh, you know, it's, so great. it's and like musical man when you see him in this role he doesn't even look like him because like i've seen this guy in a million other things and he's always like in some kind of like either gangster shit or like fucking uh presidential bullshit or it's something like serious there's never like a comedic role with him it's always like some more serious role every time i see him right so like when i saw him i'm like i recognized him but like i didn't recognize him that it was him <laughs> um so he stops Nesmith on his way down and says, we must talk to him. <laughs> um, it is a matter of supreme importance. I can't even do his voice. <laughs> <laughs> they are the theremins, which is kind of funny because a theremin is that weird instrument. that's like, yes, which yeah. they use in like fucking uh, like the original Star Trek. Old, right. And old science fiction movies. Yeah. Yeah. Old science fiction movies. It was actually the weapon they used in Mars attacks to kill, yes. the, to kill the fucking uh, aliens. Exactly. Um, so, um, they they say they are from Klaatu Nebula, um, and they need to they need his help. Uh, Nesmith asks uh, Nesmith asks 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 I can't fucking talk today. Nesmith asks if this is about the gig that they has tomorrow. Tells them to hammer out the details of his agent and make sure that there's a limo at his house. Uh, he didn't want to get shoved in the backseat of a Toyota again like yeah. last time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> no wait, did you say they they're from the Klaatu Nebula? Yeah, yeah that's a nod. Band. The, oh, the, that's the cool. band Klaatu. No, okay. no, 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 guys. Or wait. No, no, it's Day it's the Earth nod, Stood it's Still. A, the Day the Earth Stood Still. That's what it's Oh, I was thinking so. it was from the, the 70s rock band. No, um, it, was, it was from the Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay, I can see that still. too. Oh, you can see that too. <laughs> I can <laughs> see that, that too. Also that one. Yeah, Klaatu, um, a reference to that movie, and they also steal Klaatu in uh, Army of Darkness as one of the words that he's supposed to speak when he's got yes. the Necronomicon. Yes. So it, it shows up like throughout cinema as like this cool little, uh, you know, tip of the hat. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, uh, okay. come on. Mm, continue oh. the story. Continue the story. <laughs> I'll, I'll. Um, <laughs> he says, he says, remember mom's the word. And, they, and as he walks off, they all keep saying mom. <laughs> <laughs> We also see a couple other of the uh, the Thermans. Um Laliari, played by Missy Pyle, Teb, played by Jet Breeze, and yeah, Lank. Missy Pyle's Missy Pyle's film debut as well. And Lank, played by Rain Wilson. And it's his it's his film debut. Yeah. So Justin Long and those two their first movies. I'm telling you, this is like a crazy cast. Yeah, um, it is. So Nez- Nesmith walks up to Gwen and says that and says Crewman Madison. The mist of this planet is filling his head with such strange thoughts. She's like, yeah, that was cute when she didn't know him. <laughs> um, and as she walks away, he looks back at a bunch of cosplayer Gwens, and they all start giggling. Yeah. <laughs> that um, was funny. He walks into the bathroom, which I'm surprised he didn't. they don't have their own like bathroom in the backstage. Um, he's looking for an empty urinal. Of course, there's not an empty urinal, so he goes into a stall to take a piss. 
Um, and while he's in there, what I can only describe as two douche bros walk in. Yeah. Couple um, of brads. Yeah, they're like, that's a freak show filled with losers begging for autographs for $15 a pop. Um, man, these guys haven't had a real acting job for 20 years. It's all they got. Um, he says Nesmond gets off on the, I'm not going to say it, but the R word, thinking that he's a space commander. And his friends can't stand him, that they were all ragging on him. And he has no idea that he's a laughing stock. Um, right. Which you can see, how it's, it's kind of getting to him. Although, like, I don't know why he's taking, like, the opinion of two, like, fucking douche bros. I guess maybe com- combine that with what happened backstage earlier. Yeah, it, it'll get to you. And apparently that, that scene is based on a real event that happened to Bill Shatner in huh. the bathroom. And then he, he overheard a conversation like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to um, think, too, like, they're, they're showing that up until this point, he's so in his element, and he's accommodating, and he's friendly, and these people... Right. Yeah, and everyone re- loves him. Yeah, they worship the ground this guy walks on, so this is where he feels the best, man. Like, as a, you know, yeah. as, as a man, it's like, yes, like, I'm in my element. And uh, it was just like a crash back into reality for him, I think. Of course, yeah. So, we, we he comes back to his table... And you can tell that he's visibly upset signing Augur. He's, like, kind of just flinging them across the table. <laughs> yes, he, he was good at that, too. He'd sign it, yeah. spin it, it would land right in front of them. I guess it's from the Home Improvement days. Yeah. <laughs> Which had just ended when this show uh, started. Um, yeah. Or when this movie came out. Um, uh, Brandon comes back over and tries to ask his question again, and then I have a clip here of Nesmith's meltdown. <laughs> Hey, Commander, uh, so, as I was saying, uh, in the Quasar Dilemma, remember you used the auxiliary of deck B for, could you get deck B for Gamma Override? The thing is, is that online blueprints clearly indicate that deck B is independent of the guidance matrix. So, we were wondering just where the error lies in that. It's just a television show, that's all, okay? <laughs> right, but, because we were wondering if the quantum flux, and I just listen on this. There, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? So, uh, yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. This reminds me of Tom Wilson. Because oh, God. <laughs> Tom Wilson had a very, like, similar relationship with Back to the Future. Yeah. And, you know, his acting career didn't really take off after that, so... It was just years and years of Biff, Biff, call me a butthead, Biff, uh, you know, and and it got to the point where he just refused to sign any Back to the Future merchandise. He would, you know, give people shit. So yeah, there's there's definitely like, it's got to be some frustration there. Oh yeah. yeah, and this was that was also partly based on. Uh, Shatner's appearance on SNL, hosting SNL. Oh, I remember that. Where he, that was he so he's good. yelling at the Trekkies to get a life, yeah. you know, and then he realizes what he did, and he tells them, you know, it's you know that was just me playing evil, evil Shatner from this episode. And then they love me more. Yeah, exactly. So that that was also partly influenced by that. Yeah. So Nesmith uh, walks off past the crew table and just completely out of the convention. Uh, we get, we get what I find. So it's interesting for different reasons, but we see uh, Gwen on the phone talking to Alexander, and she says she's, that he's never lost it like that, at least not to a fan. It's weird. Um, she's worried about him, and Alexander says, well, he's mentally unstable. Now, the reason I think this is interesting is because you see where they live. Their houses aren't that great, especially Alexander. He's like in a shitty little fucking apartment. And then not one like second later, we see this like house on top of the fucking Hollywood Hills overlooking downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. With, yeah. Like, I mean, this massive mansion, and that's Nesmith's house. Right. Yeah, Which so he, he's uh, definitely cashed in from this. Yeah. yeah. And, and they aren't doing as, as hot. No. Nope. Um, so we see him in his house, pantsless. He's drinking, and which of course, pantsless is why <laughs> Doug is a little upset. Or Eric's a little upset. Uh, yeah. I was, I was, all right. I'm glad I didn't notice it. <laughs> I was taken aback by this scene because uh, when you, when you act in a role and you're supposed to be disrobed, you got choices, man. Like, even if you're supposed to be nude in a scene, they can give you some flesh colored shorts or briefs or <laughs> something. You know what I mean? Tim Allen made the choice in this scene to put on a dress shirt and nothing else. Yeah. Cause he's Tim, the tool man. <laughs> but but for real, and there's a moment in this next couple of minutes of film where, 
for a, a reason that I cannot convey to you as a viewer, <laughs> you can clearly see Tim Allen's dick. <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't know. Why? But um, he's watching TV, and he keeps changing the channel until he comes across Galaxy Quest. And uh, I'm going to play a quick little clip of him watching Galaxy Quest, because it's, it's inspiring. As long as there's injustice, whenever a Targathian baby cries out, wherever a distress signal sounds among the stars, we'll be there. This fine ship, this fine ship, this fine crew. Never give up. Never give up. Never surrender. Never surrender. Now, uh, it's kind of like he's, uh, this is kind of like his hype thing. Like, he's talking himself off the ledge. Like, you know, he's like, never give up, never surrender. Never give up, never surrender. That, that's the model I got to live by. Yeah, right. It was, it was a very yeah. defeated, <laughs> never give up, never surrender. But at the same time, he's still never going to give up and never going to surrender. <laughs> he is never going to give you up. Never going to bring you down. I should fucking... <laughs> I should cut this right here and then just put that in there so while people are listening, <laughs> it goes to, like, the fucking commercial. But no. Never gonna tell um, line hurt you, but he is gonna show his dick. And yep. that's worse. So, it's the morning now. We get a knock on, on the window, and he wakes up and sees the Thermian standing there. Um, he's hungover and has no pants on. And they salute him. <laughs> um, he slowly saunters over the door. Um and asks if he can help them, and uh, I was starting to type this out, because I didn't want to play that many clips, but I just, I can't not play clips in this movie, like, there's just so many good things, and I left a bunch of stuff out, but, like, as I'm typing this, I started, I got, like, two paragraphs in, and I'm like, I'm going to backspace this and just let it play, because, like, <laughs> the the voice act work of the Thermians really needs to be, like, appreciated. Oh, yes. So this is them explaining to him what's going on. Can I help you? Sir, I understand this is a terrible breach in protocol, yeah, but... should come to my house, I beg you to hear our plea. We are Thermians from uh, the Klaatu Nebula. Oh. Our people are being systematically hunted and slaughtered by Rathaseris or Fatukri. We are to meet in negotiation, however. Our efforts in this regard have been disastrous. Please, Commander, you are our last hope. <laughs> <laughs> we have secured our limousine. What? Oh, 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 um, this is the thing, for the thing, that's, um, <laughs> maybe I should get some pants on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should. Commander, I must say that standing here in your presence is the greatest honor we could ever have hoped to achieve in our lifetimes. I really appreciate that. Would you guys look for another shoe? That looks like this, please. Yeah. Oh. Sir, I am Lank, senior requisition officer. Before we travel to the ship, please let me know if you have any requirements. Weapons, documents, personnel. Um, uh, Coca-Cola, do you have one of those? Sir, I am Teb. <laughs> I would like to explain the history between our people and the Saris Dominion in greater detail. In the five million years following the Great Nebula Burst, our people were one... What's your name? Doesn't she talk? Her translator is broken. <laughs> Okie dokie. You know, guys, I had a late night with a Cremorian Fangor beast, so, um... I'm going to just shut my eyes for a bit. Go on. You know, I'm listening to everything you say, okay? In the five million years following the Great Nebula Burst, our people were one people, but then came the Zaktar migration, and then the Malosian shift. The dark period of discontent spread through the land. 
fighting among Treebsex and Largoths. Ah, the foolishness. And it was in this time of dissension. So that was a little bit of a long one, for sure. But that was pretty good. They they, they explains a lot about what's going on, um, Joe, who I they got, are. I got a question they, for you, though. Yeah. Who was driving the limo? Huh. Hmm. Yeah, Damn it, Eric. Know. Why do you got to bring up these? Uh, I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry. It's funny. Joe is usually the one who brings up shit like this. <laughs> I know, but I know how much Joe loves this movie, so it's my job to be the... I know, I'm happy you did. (laughs) Maybe maybe the limo drove itself. Yes, that's what it is. Elon Musk was driving it, self-driving. Yeah, so... uh, So, really quick, the actor who plays Teb is the other dude. Yeah, he's the other dude from The Ringer. He played Glenn in The Ringer. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. He sounds like, when he talks, he sounds like someone else, too. Uh, he, he uh, He was in Deadpool... Um, he's no, but like a lot of stuff. the voice he's doing, like reminds oh. me of somebody, and I can't think of who it is. Yeah, but like when, later when he goes, <laughs> and, well, later when he goes, and he exploded. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. RJ. So, RJ. Something oh. about that voice reminds me of somebody else. It's not RJ because RJ just sounds like <laughs> the whole oh, fucking time. <laughs> uh, so they 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 do the whole explanation of who they are. We get another Coke product placement in there um, when he asks for a Coke, which somehow he just magically has it <laughs> next to him. Yeah, I know. Fucking uh, Rain Wilson came coming through with the fucking uh, the hits. Um, he asks why she can't talk, and she makes this ridiculous like Ooh! noise. <laughs> so great. Uh, I fucking love their character. Like apparently these guys had so much fun on this fucking thing, like making this movie. Um, because they were basically allowed to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do to be ridiculous. That's great. Um, and part of the only requirement they had was they were forced to walk like a marionette no matter where they went. <laughs> they said that's how they came with that walk. They were like doing a marionette thing where their knees and like hands were connected. That's why they all walk like that. Um, and even when they weren't like on like like being on film, they had to walk like that behind the scenes to get used to it. That's very cool. Um. So, uh, Nesmith, like, wakes up after he passed out in the limo, and he's on the Protector 2. And Laliari tells him uh, his presence is requested on the command deck, which they don't call it the bridge, because Star Trek, once again, they call it the command deck. Right. Um, they're about to meet with Ceres, and he needs an answer. Uh, Nesmith, at this point, still doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's just, like, thinks that he's at some kid's basement, like, doing a, a gig. And he's like, uh, Cyrus is the bad guy, right? And she's like, he's a very bad man indeed. Um, she starts telling him, like, the things that Cyrus has done. And he's like, yeah, I, I get the picture. Uh, do they have pages or should he just wing it? <laughs> she, she's like, I don't understand. What I, what, I don't, what I don't understand is, like, how he came to this thing in this, like, shirt he fell asleep in and the pants he must have found while they were looking at him talking about how great of a moment it was. <laughs> when apparently it was Eric's worst moment. <laughs> I mean, listen, it was just a little unexpected. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, Mathisar comes up and welcomes him to the Protector 2 and asks if he wants to don his uniform. Uh, Nesmith declines because he has another gig in 15 minutes in Van Nuys. Or actually, he says a quarter of an hour. A quarter of an hour, which is 15 minutes. Does that add up? Like, I don't know my California geography. Yeah, I would say no. Because, <laughs> uh... I know, like, that's... Uh, Van Nuys is in the valley. So he'd have to get from wherever he is to the valley. Yeah, I don't think minutes. anything in the L.A. area is 15 minutes from anywhere else. I think yeah. it always takes three hours. So. And then, um... The only the, my, the majority of my L.A. geography comes from listening to Adam Carolla bitch about having to drive places to do construction work. Because <laughs> oh, when I listen to this podcast, he talks about... Yeah, when I used to do construction work back in the day, I'd have to drive to Van Nuys. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, which was in the valley. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my terrible Adam Carolla voice. Yeah, that wasn't good. No, I didn't think it was, <laughs> I, I didn't think it was very good. Okay. Um, I, I'm not, I, that's more of a, I think Eric could probably nail that voice if he had to. No, I don't think I, I don't think. It's, it's kind of like a Gilbert Godfrey, but not as, like, angry. He's just got like a very nasally whiny thing going on. I don't know. I'd yeah. have to. I'd have to sit down and listen to it. Um, but I don't. I don't want to. So <laughs> there you go. Right. Um, so 
the next clip I got is when uh, Cyrus and Nesmith meet for the first time. This is great. You know, usually it's just cardboard walls in a garage. Sir, we apologize oh. for operating Whoa. in low power mode, but we are experiencing a hmm, reflective flux field this close to the galactic axis. You know what I could use is a cup holder and a couple of Advil. We're approaching in five ticks, sir. Command to slow. Uh, set it on screensaver two. I think we get it. Oh, sorry to break uh, the, the, the mood here. Um, slow it down to Mark two, Lieutenant. I see fear. That is expected. Mm-hmm. Ah, they bring a new commander. That's good. Here That's good. are I mean, my you know, looks... commands. And if I do not hear what I like, Real. then there will be blood and pain, mm. as you cannot imagine. First, I require the Omega-13. Second, oh. I will require a technician... Okie dokie, okie dokie. Uh, let's fire blue particle cannons full, red particle cannons full, gannet magnets, fire them left and right, and let them run all shoots while you're at it once yet. Toss that at him, killer. That should take care of old lobster head, shouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I'm I'm super impressed by the uh, the practical effects in this movie, man. Like, right? It looks legit. That's fully. what I was gonna say. Like the the fucking like costuming and like the Sarah's character looks great. Yeah, and it's animatronic work. Like you can see the you know the mouth and the face facial features moving. It's uh they don't really do it like that anymore, man. I miss it. Yeah, and um, he kind of looks like a fucking like the Gr- the Grinch goes to war. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the little fucking, like, weird things, like lobster claws on his head <laughs> that are just oh, moving just at random. Coming out of his head, I know. Um, I like when he gets extra pissed off also. His little, like, fucking, like, um, like wings come out of his, his back. His winglets, yeah. yeah. They start yeah. popping up in the back, yeah. 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 Um, just very cool design choices. Like, his eye patch has spikes coming out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the three little fucking, like, blue lines that are above his eyebrow. Yeah, man. Kudos. Kudos to the uh, to the team here. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the, uh, it was like Stan's sound or Stan Winston, right? Uh, <coughs> yeah. Stan Winston. Yeah. Okay. And then ILM did the digital effects. Okay. That, oh, well, that makes sense. Say no more then. There you go. Yeah. Um, so like, they, they had some money into this movie. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a shit project. I mean, DreamWorks was, uh, the guy who le- left fucking Disney. Um, what was his name? Um, uh, Tom or. Or, you mean uh, the guy started? Yeah, he was a Disney. He's with Disney Pixar, and then he left to start DreamWorks with. Um, That's gonna uh, be this gonna uh, Katzenberg, right? Yeah, Jeff- Katzenberg. yeah Katzenberg. 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 That's right. Uh, it was Katzenberg, and then there was two other two other guys he started Dreams or DreamWorks with Spielberg, Spielberg, Spielberg yeah. and, and uh, um, David Geffen. Geffen, right? And actually, Spielberg showed up one day during the filming of this movie. Is the funny part? Oh yeah. Um, but I'll have a story for that later, because uh, it's, it's it's part of the trivia to this, and it's pretty fucking interesting and funny. Um, Alan Rickman, his reaction was great. Um, so, uh, Nesmith is now uh, walking around after he just basically fucking like blew off this entire thing like it was a uh, a gag that somebody was pulling in their basement. Which, even if it was, like they put a lot of work into that. And yeah, I know. He got paid. He did a shitty job. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mathazar is like wondering where he's going and asks about uh, about what, about the negotiations and them firing on Tiris. Uh Nesmith says, "Long live uh, Thermia." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Mas- Mas- Mathazar asks, "If what if Sarah survives?" Uh, Nesmith, still thinking this is a fan thing, says he won't because he gave him both barrels. <laughs> um, Mathazar is like, "Well, he has a powerful ship," so Nesmith tells him, "We'll just give him a call." If- and um, if he has any more problems, uh, Mathazar hands Nesmith an interstellar, interstellar Vox communicator, which uh, Nesmith actually seems pretty impressed by the quality of. Um, 
Mathisar asks how he could thank him for saving their people and tries to give him this really awkward hug. <laughs> <laughs> um, at which point Nesmith's like, you guys have been great. Um, the door slides shut and the room goes completely dark except for like one light beam that's directly on Nesmith. Um, a gel thing kind of encapsulates him and the, de- the hangar doors um, open revealing space. And this is also when the screen, the screen widens to full widescreen at this point in the movie. As the hangar doors open, the screen widens with the hangar doors mm, to full okay. like to full widescreen. Um, Nesmith finally at this point realizes, "Oh shit, this is real!" As he's launched through space, uh, he enters a black hole, which is a great cut to it, like being his eyeball when he wakes up at his house, you know, fairly shaken out by the pool. Um, and at this point, I think we should take a quick little break and uh, pay some bills, and we'll come back and carry on with this movie. Hey guys, are you a guitar player and you like custom stuff? Well, if you are, uh, you've come to the wrong place, honestly. Uh, no, I'm just playing. My name's Joe, and I run a, a little company called Like My Pedals. And I don't believe in websites, because they're for suckers. So if you want to find me, you got to go to facebook.com backslash likemypedals and send me a message. You know, when you look at the shelf and you just say, they never have exactly what I want, well, that's kind of where I come into play for you here. You want a picture of a little tiny Yoda eating a frog's eggs and ruining every hope of Star Wars ever making a good series? Come to me. I'll put it on a pedal. I may not like the show, but I'm definitely not against selling out. Um, if you want electrolytes, because that's what guitar players crave, well, I'll make you a custom idiocracy pedal. You know, it's whatever you want, really, with Like My Pedals, because you want people to look at your board and say, man, I like your pedals. <laughs> 